It's time for Yes, I Can Living. Entrepreneurial women all have one thing in common. We want to consistently improve our lives to be the best it can be. I'm your host, Kathy Alessandra, and I'll be interviewing inspiring women who think outside the box, color outside the lines, and live beyond the limits of their fears. They're living all in and playing full out, creating their best life and embodying Yes, I Can Living. Hey everyone, it's Kathy Alessandra, the Yes I Can Coach, and we are here for another episode of Yes I Can Living. I am so excited, honored, and um, just inspired to have our guest today. Um, so let me introduce her. We won't, uh, we won't wait around. Pamela Benson Owens has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and is the president and CEO of Edge of Your Seat Consulting. She most enjoys collaborating and working with organizations to assist in matters regarding all things geared toward organizational effectiveness. Currently, Pam serves as the acting executive director for Six Square, Austin's Black Cultural Arts District. She feels fortunate to be able to work on meaningful projects alongside a talented team of professionals who demonstrate high integrity and consciously work to provide the best support to clients. Pam is also in her third year of being on faculty at the Center for Nonprofit Excellence at Austin Community College, where she teaches fundraising principles and methodology around donor motivations and diversity. Pam holds an undergraduate degree from Texas A&M in journalism. Hi, well, that was something new. I hadn't learned that of the magazine and all. And a master's degree in human services with a concentration in conflict resolution and mediation from St. Edwards University. She has a certification in diversity education and has also completed coursework towards an advanced theological degree. Um, Pam is, um, well, you know what? I have met you years ago and enough with the, the official bio, right? Oh, that doesn't uh, right? feel like I know. Okay, so we got, the, we got the official part done. Now, let's girlfriend, let's have the chat, right? Because we met many years ago and have had a lot of fun together at various events and getting to know one another. And then I follow you like a hawk on social media. I love your posts and, um, and the percolations you used to do and just your true vulnerable authenticity on a regular basis, even with the homeschooling. So Pam, welcome. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you. This, I feel like this is a long time coming. It's like you meet people and you have an instant connection. And I felt that in you. And I, uh, part of my practice every day is to look and see what you post because it's inspiring and it's consistent and it makes me think. And so definitely kindred spirits when it comes to following. I just have always enjoyed your work and you have just consistently produced amazing content that challenges me to be better, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a uh, human. Yeah. I'm glad to be on with you. Finally. Yes, I know. I know. So excited to chat. So let's talk a little bit about how and why um, you started your business. So I started my business primarily because I realized as I was sitting in corporate America that there would always be constraints around me being able to merge uh, my skill set and my passion fully. And so while I did take the time to go through that corporate uh, America journey, I think it's important to have some grounding in that area. I knew I didn't want to stay there. Um, I knew I didn't want to stay there because I wanted to be able to really spread my wings. Um, I wanted to be in space where creativity was honored. Um, I, I have a, both a creative side, but then a business side. I wanted to be able to merge those on my own terms. Um, and I felt like I was actually better and more of value to an organization being on an outside looking in to help gain perspective 
than to be on the inside. Sometimes you can be inside a machine and become the machine. Yeah. Then it it um, you abandon some things for the rules of engagement in an organization. So um, I did do some time there and and in in space there, but have ultimately realized I'm really better in the capacity of riding alongside an organization and co-creating different culture and new norms. And sometimes the best way to do that is outside of the actual structure. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I love that. And you know, we had talked on the phone previously and you'd even talked about, it sounds like one of the groups you're working kind of alongside with is a lot of the younger millennial generation too, so. <laughs> the learning curve there um, has been fascinating. Um, but again, it is, it's also that, that ongoing opportunity to test and build your leadership skills. And so I am not the same leader that I was even two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, leading in pandemic is an entirely different uh, set of skills. You get really crystal clear on what's urgent and what's important. Mm -hmm. I used to commingle the two in my leadership and, and feel like I didn't have to have parameters and boundaries around how I operated. So um, even now in that space, not only have they challenged me uh, with technology and the way we communicate, they've also challenged me on, you say you're about boundaries and good well-being. We don't, what are you doing? And um, they're vocal about it. So it's been fascinating just in me to go, what am I, what am I bringing forth? What am I standing for? What am I giving voice to? So I'm telling you, that's been like a graduate school program in and of itself, even the last several months in this really uncertain time. Right, right. I love it. Yeah, the le taking the lessons from 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 the younger generation, right? <laughs> All the time. All yeah, the right. time. Yes. Love it. Love yes. it. So let's talk about you know business. I mean, you've twenty plus years. I mean, you've clear clearly seen you know your share of challenges as you've gone along. What has been your biggest challenge, and how did you overcome it? Well, first of all, it's almost twenty five years, and I just keep thinking plus because I, I there I'm starting to be an elder, and I'm I'm. I'm hanging on for dear life. I sit in meetings down. They're like, Miss Owens, Miss Pam. And I'm like, who's that? Like, I don't, I don't. So, so I will tell you, I've got some sensitivity there, Kathy. But um, my, my biggest learning uh, lesson or the, I would say the, the biggest mistake I made starting the business was um, giving it away for free. Um, if you said, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? That was it. Pam, you have to start by giving it away for free. I understood the methodology behind it. Um, you know, get people, let people get to know you, you know, try you out. Well, the problem with that is you train people to not put a monetary value with what you're giving. And so it's a much harder pivot to get people who are not paying to pay than to start with paying, right? right. So my biggest mistake starting um, was that. My biggest learning lesson was understanding that I, um, people come to me and with that comes the opportunity to not feel like I'm in scarcity mode, mm -hmm. right? It's like if they knew how to do it themselves, they wouldn't be coming to me. And so having to really change my framework around they came to me, here is what I can offer, here's my price not telling them all of it up front. I've learned that lesson because then they might run with it and, and never engage with you. Um, but I've really learned that um, I am in abundance mode 
And that means um, there's enough for all of us. I don't have to be in competition with anybody. And they came to me. And so I have the opportunity to control what that looks like in terms of how much work I want to do, how I want to do it, and when I want to do it. And that took me a good 15 years to figure that out. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough lesson. <laughs> that's a painful lesson, right? That's a painful lesson. And you have yeah. to just understand that, you know, you feel like, oh gosh, I'm gonna, I might not be able to survive. You will. Yeah. If you are, if you are standing in your yes, it always works out. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any advice or a tip that you could give somebody who's listening who thinks, okay, but with the pandemic and everything going on in the world, I just don't feel like I can charge or should charge. Is it really a mindset thing? Is it just really living and owning up to the fact that they're still coming to you? Or what, what, would, your, what would your idea be on that? I would say, just like anything else you would do, organize your caring and philanthropic heart, right? Have a plan for it. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm a super generous person and a giving person. And so when this started happening, I took out a piece of paper. I'm sure my team would want me to do this in Slack or Trello or whatever notes page. I just pulled out a piece of paper, good old fashioned paper. And I drafted out what my threshold could be to give reduced cost to some nonprofits. I scaled it. What, you know, what could I do? How many webinars could I do at this? price, how many, okay. And then I said, that's my plan. And I'm not going over that. And then have my accountant hold me accountable. Right? I love it. Yep. yep. And so therefore I have the language and it's true. I, during pandemic, this is my pivot plan, my, my pivot pandemic plan. I've already done the four free webinars. So I, I can't accommodate that. Mm -hmm. um, I've done the three, you know, and, and I, and I've just stuck with that. And it's actually provided peace for me. Because yeah. I do want to serve and help, but I can't do it all. Right. So what can I reasonably do? And what is the threshold that my business can tolerate? And if you're somebody that started a business and then the pandemic hit, the same thing applies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not about because I've been doing it a long time. It's because you should, you should have plans and parameters around all those things, even the things that we do naturally. Give. Right. Right? Yep. you can go down the road and you can be completely out of whack yep. with that yeah so. that's an important thing and i think even though we're months into this pandemic right it's never too late to stop you know stop and look at that and and really figure that out for you now going forward i love that pam thank you i think i think that now is the time because we kind of went through this first clip we thought we would be back to normal yep. we're not so it's it's a fluid document it's worth looking at again now we're in another set of time that we didn't think we'd be in. Mm -hmm. Time to reevaluate what can my what is my business threshold on this giving piece? Right. Adjust it. Three more months, you might need to look at it again. Yeah. That's proactive planning. It saves right. a whole lot of time. And like Brene Brown says, clear is kind. It allows you to be clear. Mm -hmm. And so then your kindness is genuine because you don't do it with angst. Right. right. We've all said yes when our head was going, uh-uh, uh-uh. And we're like, sure, I'll do it. And you're like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. We've all done it. So it just gives you some bumper rails mm -hmm. around those pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Strategic yeses. Abundant yeah. nose. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's my thing. Strategic yeses, abundant nose. I need to put that in a sign in my office. <laughs> that is brilliant. 
<laughs> I, I will recall your words on that. <laughs> please do, please do. So let me ask you, let's get into uh, some deeper conversation here. So, um, you know, there's a lot going on in our world. Um, the racial inequality has become a huge, not that it hasn't been there, but it's become, it's come out, you know, in the light in a big way over the last few months. Um, I know you talk a lot about this on your, you know, Facebook page and all of that. And so I just want to talk to you now for our listeners, you know, a little bit about, you know, how we can shift and pivot as entrepreneurs um, to help in that and what we can do or what we should read. How, how do we educate ourselves to really understand that and be able to make a difference? It's such a big question. You know, I would first say, everybody, calm down. Relax, deep breath, okay? Um, I say to myself every day in this space around this bubbling up that we can't ignore, that really started coming on board with when George Floyd died, right? All of a sudden, it's like, it was almost like a light switch. And to your point, it was there, but it became magnified in ways that maybe we had not grappled with before. I say to myself every day, I will surrender to the longevity of the journey, but not to injustice and fear. And the first part is an acknowledgement that I have to almost surrender to this longevity and the journey that comes. Point is, there's no closure, there's no you know, perfect answer, when we uh, try to take on something like social unrest or racial injustice or racism, it's big and it's complex. And as doers, especially as women, we want to be able to just tie it up and check it off. It's not that kind of deal. It's an ongoing commitment to be conscious of what's going on. It is not about ushering in guilt or shame or blame. I find those to be totally useless approaches to this work. It's just not good. What it does give us an opportunity to do is to listen and learn and then listen some more and learn. Notice I didn't say act right away, right? Because I think we wanna just do something there's enough time for that. The, the biggest gift that we can give ourselves is to educate ourselves. Start reading, right? If you haven't read White Fragility, read it. If you haven't read, so let's talk about race, read it. Um, if you haven't watched 13th, the documentary, watch it. Um, those are some good fundamental pieces to start. And then stop and go, what do I think about what I just read or watched? Why do I think that? How did I get that, right? And it's really gonna be uncomfortable because we have to unlearn what we've learned in our conditioning, which is you don't talk about race, religion, politics. Those are off limits, right? So it's already uncomfortable. And I want us to just hold space for, that's freaking uncomfortable. And then get over ourselves in impalatable chunks that are comfortable to us. Read, listen, watch, learn. But then stop and say, why do I think what I think? How did I get there? 
And I think sometimes we get really bogged down. And if I admit that I had a bias of some sort, if I admit that my bias by mere virtue of experience or, or um, assumption is white men over 45, let's just say, that if I admit that, that I'm no longer good, now I'm uncomfortable and I'm not good. But it's really not tied to goodness. It's tied to conditioning and exposure. I've been conditioned in this way. It doesn't make me bad, right? And the ongoing maintenance of that should be something that we just naturally lean into doing because we want to grow. And then when moved to act, the right thing will surface and feel right for you to act in. But now I feel like people are being action shamed. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you doing this? You didn't post that. Why is that not happening? You know what? You might be at the green light on that subject and my friend's on the red light. Are you gonna ask Kathy to run the red light? No, if you care about Kathy, you're gonna hold space for Kathy. Right. And let Kathy get there on her own. And I think we have such an opportunity to operate from a place of self-compassion and calibration um, and kindness mm -hmm. and anything other than that i just don't i just don't get involved in it because i don't believe it's the way forward i don't nobody is motivated by shaming somebody to better behavior right. Kathy, you don't get up in your workshops and say i want to shame you for not starting your business and living in your purpose mm -hmm. nobody's signing up for that like no. right 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 no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think it's unfortunate because particularly that with social media being so prevalent right now and, you know, comments being made and then the, the way people jump, just jump on people about it. Attack. Um, right. Yeah. Attack. Exactly. Attack. That's the word. Um, and even those who um, I know myself included when when things happened with George Floyd and, and, and the whole sentiment of the country started to shift, I needed to take a step back just to kind of do what you were saying, right? I mean, I breathe was the first thing, you know, and then understand. And, uh, but there was a lot of, um, you know, guilt tripping and shaming going on around, you know, if you're not out there, you know, moving, you're, you're holding it back or whatever, right? And, right. and so, um, you know, it's a tough, it's a really tough subject. And and the, it, it's, a, it's a tough subject that I continue to stay in the dead in the center of it because I feel like the more we talk about it, the more comfortable we get in it. Right. But I will tell you too, that from what you just described, it's also having us show up now, not as ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Like we're sending our representatives to these meetings and these conversations. And so it was just so funny because the other day I'm, I'm talking to a colleague and um, she said, hey, I, I was talking to somebody. And it took me several minutes to figure out who they were talking about. I said, why? She said, because she said, do you know Pam Owens? And she's like, yeah, Pam Owens, she wears glasses. Um, she, her nails are usually have de decoration on them. She likes bacon and da, da, da. And I said, why don't you say Pam Owens? She's a black female. She goes, I didn't feel like I could. I said, that's the problem. That's a problem, right? That we can't even use our natural way to describe somebody that we care about or work with. We're working so hard to not say that we're missing out on opportunities to convene really meaningful conversations. And then we just gotta get comfortable with, you're probably gonna offend somebody. You probably might make a mistake, but nobody usually is, is you know, eliminated 
in the making of a mistake. As a matter of fact, mistakes can be powerful. Right. Big learning lessons. Yeah. Huge. Huge. I mean, isn't that the whole point of mistake? If we don't take the lesson from the mistake we've made, exactly. <laughs> we're just going to keep exactly. making it. Right. And there are no experts in this space. Like people are like, well, you're an expert. You know, I'm not. I am on the journey with you. I make mistakes all the time. I am corrected when I use language that doesn't fit or if I describe in a certain way. I am all here for it. I feel like if people take the time to course correct me, they, they want me to know so that I can then be better and stronger. Not to diminish, but to make you know stronger. I like to fail fast. So when I have a mistake in that area, I'm like, tell me, oh wait, what? Great, I did not know that. Thank you for, thank you for educating me on that. Right, right, absolutely. You know, you, you do a lot of posting on your Facebook page about this, um, also about the homeschooling. I mean, you've got two kids who are at home. You're all, you're all working from home. And I love the breakfast posts, <laughs> right? you know, and, and the lessons that are coming from each of that, the questions your kids are asking you, um, and your very candid, authentic, vulnerable posts, you know, on how you're, you're dealing with that. I think it gives a lot of levity to all of it um, and explanation. Um, you used to do posts also, percolations, yes. uh, which I loved. And um, there was always a cup of coffee. And again, but you're, you're, I mean, same idea, right? You were putting your thoughts out there. You, you were sharing your point of view. Absolutely. And, uh, I think it's, it's, there's so much to be learned from. I think everybody should connect with Pam over on Facebook. Um, you know, really, I don't know, it just gives everybody a different perspective. It gives me a different perspective, right? Well, and here's the deal. The, the perspective giving, Kathy, is not to change. It's just to raise awareness. It's yeah. not about change at all. It's about, I'm just going to throw that out there for, for thinking, for percolating, for thought. I think we have eliminated critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm. We're moving too fast. Right. So sometimes I'm like, what do I, I mean, I watch the news sometimes. I'm like, what do I think about that? I don't know yet. I'm going to think about it. Yeah. I'm going to honor thinking for a minute. Right. We <laughs> all need to ponder for that pause and right. be okay. That's or right. Pause, pause for that ponder. Sorry. Ponder. Pause for that yep. ponder, yep. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. So, um, how would you define, going back to business a little bit, how would you define success? Oh my gosh. I would define success um, as the integration of all the things that are both important to me and that I enjoy doing in my gifts and graces. And the reason why I use the word integration is because I wasted a lot of time trying to achieve balance. Mm -hmm. And balance became this performance metric that created anxiety for me. Yeah. And so now it's about integration. And I say to my kids all the time, there are gonna be times when I'm gonna to have to really flex in mommy's day job of the business. Mm -hmm. And it's going to feel like I'm not as engaged here. And then there are gonna be times that I'm gonna have to really flex my mommy muscle and I'm not gonna be flexing in my business muscle. Mm -hmm. And what I want you to know about that is that's okay. That, that ebbs and flows. I mean, a flower does not bloom all year long. Right. It just doesn't. So why would we hold ourselves to this kind of seesaw of balance that really could create a stress? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we look at other people and compare and think, look at how they're balancing. 
And then you really get to the inner core of it. And you're like, they're not balancing. They're integrating to the best of their ability. I've let a lot of that go around my performance as a mother. I, I used to be like, I've got to hit these benchmarks. Now it's about strategy. It's about parenting strategy. And it's about, you know, I'm going to do my best to eliminate the amount of time they have to spend in therapy. So I've now acknowledged that they'll probably need therapy because I'm not perfect. But maybe I can eliminate how much. That's a good benchmark. So that's success to me now. Where it used to be, I've got to have dinner on the table at five. I've got to be at every parent, you know, I've got to do all these things. And I realized that I was creating anxiety in my kids trying to hit that mark. So for success for me in that is that saying it's going to be integration and sometimes it's going to feel like that. And, and that's okay. And I'm not going to apologize for it because when I try to do balance, it actually created an energy that sucks. So I'm not going to do that. And in my business, it's being able to um, live in a place of abundance and not take every gig that comes my way. And that took me a long time to get there. And so if I find myself having to overprove that I'm the right fit, I don't take it. Whereas back in the day in scarcity mentality, I would take everything and then be mad at myself for doing it. Right, right. So for me, my success uh, mantra has changed a lot. That Not all clients are the ones for me. doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, I refer a lot now and I go, I could do that for you, but actually Kathy's better at that. Let me connect you. And that has been pure freedom uh, for me on my success train. I mean, truly freeing and liberating to live in that space. And so sometimes success looks like writing a proposal and sometimes it looks like wine on my child's trampoline. <laughs> I want to see a picture of that. <laughs> I, I do a lot of very good thinking on that trampoline and sometimes yeah. that's where I have to go. And I, and that's just what it is. No, you know, absolutely. We've all got to give that thought. And, and I love the fact that you said not taking everything. I mean, it really is all about abundance and scarcity. And I think, you know, we're living in a time right now where uh, the abundance mentality, we're, we're almost having to consciously be aware of, you know, remembering that on a, not that we don't always have to, on a regular right. basis, right? But it's so easy with all the news and the media and the social media and all that, right? That it's easy to slip into that scarcity mindset. And be like, yes, yeah, just, you know, any, any job, every job, all of it, right? And then, uh, yep. yeah. And then if you know, when you really get your footing around that, there are scarcity bullies, right? Yeah. So when you start living in abundance, then you get the bullies that are like, that's careless. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like you can't win. It's like, well, I'm not, the, the, what you're doing over there looks unattractive to me. Yeah. Like you're doing seven gigs and you don't even like them. And you don't look pleasant. Right. I'm not signing up for that. But then if you if you really live into it, it's like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? You need to take all the business now and figure it out later. I'm like, no, I don't. I really, I really don't. Yeah. Um, and I know that feels uncomfortable for people, uh, but I, entrepreneurs are built with a, a risk mechanism in ourselves. And so <laughs> I'm good. So if you said to me, hey, you're not going to take that gig and you're probably going to have to eat rice and beans and cornbread for a couple months, nobody's going to die. Like, I, right. we'll be fine. It's right. going to be okay. We're, right. we're, we, we, we are privileged to be in space right now in a pandemic where we can stay in our homes and work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's a place of privilege right there. Yeah, we've got to whip our head and uh, right. yeah, for sure. Yes, absolutely. exactly. 
So if somebody, I'm sure there's going to be people listening going, man, I have got to get to know that girl. <laughs> where, where would they, where's the best place for somebody to connect with you? So my website is PamelaBensonOwens.com. All, my whole name. And you can, you can connect with me there. My Facebook is Pamela Benson Owens. You can connect with me there. I have a podcast called Rooted um, that I'm doing. Um, and I, those are really good places. You can always find me. Uh, Instagram handle, um, same thing. You can always find me. My company's called Edge of Your Seat. I have that uh, Instagram handle as well. Um, but I utilize that as a way to communicate. Um, and it's, it's great because you can have as much or as little of me as you want. You can self-select, <laughs> you can, can self-select right? how much you want to know about me. Uh, but yeah, those are my main uh, places that you can find me. Perfect. Fantastic. Okay. Well, our time is coming to an end. And so unfortunately I could talk to you all day, but I have one final question I love to ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is, what makes you an innovative, uh, sorry, what makes you a yes I can woman? What makes me a yes I can woman? I, I have to be honest in saying to you because I was gonna pull out this journal entry that I wrote about you uh, way back. I did not even know what to make of that till I met you. Mm -hmm. And it really messed with me when I first met you because I'm like, clearly I have not done the work on this particular area of being a yes I can woman. And so um, you really sparked me to think about that. And I think now for me, uh, a yes I can woman means I have capacity. I can be consistent around my skills and talents. And I can have a confidence even in times when it might take a hit mm -hmm. in some ways. And so for me, those are the areas that by mere virtue of knowing you and you posing the question, which you've always done, like you've been consistently checking on us on this area. Um, I had not thought about it till then. And I think it's an important uh, question to ponder in an ongoing way, which is why I love to be connected to you because that's not a one-time answer. That's an ongoing check-in. Um, but consistency, um, you know, that I have the capacity to live in my gifts and graces and then the confidence to carry it out. That. Yeah, you are most definitely a yes, I can woman. <laughs> Coming from you is amazing. For the first whole year, I would just go, I just want to be able to have the red lipstick and the perfect nails. And then I'll work on all the other intelligent things. <laughs> Still got the red nails. I know. I love like, the signature thing. It's, I look for it. I'm like, let me see what she's doing. But you, but you know what you also have? You also have such a humble and elegant way of pushing us out of the nest. It's so smooth. I'm like, I've been cathied. Doggone it. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. I truly appreciate what you, how you show up and what you contribute in the world for us. Thank you. Thank you. And vice versa. I have the utmost respect for you and love what you post and what you're doing. So I'm honored that you were able to join me today on the podcast. And thank you so much for being here, Pam. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. You bet. And for those of you listening and watching, I hope you will connect with Pam in one of those ways. If you have not yet subscribed to the Yes I Can Living magazine, be sure to hop on over to yesicanliving.com and uh, get your address in there. We'll send you the print copy, or if you prefer the online edition, you can get it that way too. So uh, until our next episode, I hope you have a fabulous week and continue to live your Yes I Can. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.